passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Cheeseheads. Cheese Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Hey, it's C Sparky Fiber, 1250 AM, The Fan, along with Ryan Horvath, Bet MGM tonight. And make sure to check him out, along with Nick, what is it, Ashu? Is, is that how you say it? Yeah, yeah. Like, like the sneeze. He even has that in his bio, which helps you out. It's a beautiful thing. Nick Ashu and Trista Crick, and uh, that's, that's fun stuff. So check them out weeknights uh, on BetQL, uh, or again, download their podcast, listen to them that way too. Uh, okay, so Ryan Horvat, it's bye week for the Green Bay Packers. And to be frank, uh, there's not left much to talk about, I don't think, with this Packers team until we get to see them play another game, which, oh, by the way, may feature Baker Mayfield now. Uh, for the I don't know how I feel about that, by the way. You know, like I know Baker Mayfield stinks, but I felt a little bit better with uh, John Wolford or uh, yes, agree Perkins. Yeah, yes. like Baker. Totally agree. Yeah, yeah. Baker played us competitive last Christmas. Actually, yes. uh, I mean, granted, he was with the Browns, and it but was- he gets two weeks now, so maybe he doesn't play this week. I wouldn't play him, but you get him ready with the playbook and everything else, and then his first game against is against the Packers, of course. Nonsense, man. Absolute <laughs> nonsense, right? Like, he's no good. We know that. But with Sean McVay, like, we have to remember, Sean McVay took Jared Goff to yes. a Super Bowl. Although, you know right. what? Jared Goff's playing really good football right now, man. Yeah, the Lions were favored over the Vikings this weekend. Um, but, yeah, I, I was kind of hoping for John Wolford. Also, all of a sudden, the Rams have a run game. They haven't been able to run the ball the entire season. They just had a season-high rushing yards. Cam Akers got in the end zone, of course. Like, this is what's going to happen. We're, we're, we're overlooking the schedule. We're like, all right, well, Miami's the team that we fare. And then the Rams 
are going to probably come to Lambeau Field and win that game by 30 points. You know, the other thing you brought it up, I'm going to sidetrack myself here because it, it, it the news kind of was breaking just before we came on the air. You yeah. said Lions favored over the Vikings. That seems crazy to me, first of all, because the Vikings are leading the division. So that seems weird. I'm sure you can explain why that is. But yeah. the other thing that popped in my brain that was breaking as we came in was – uh, the Minnesota Vikings you brought up, their former head coach, Mike Zimmer, apparently uh, has a chance to be the new defensive coordinator for Deion Sanders at Colorado. Ryan's eyes are bugging out of his head. Yeah, apparently he has been helping Deion at Jackson State as an advisor. So there's already a relationship there. So there's some talk here that Deion Sanders may be hiring him to be the defensive coordinator. Sean Lewis, a former Badger, uh, he may be coming in as the offensive coordinator, it sounds like. Plus he has Tim Brewster, the former Minnesota coach, on staff. So that's three former head coaches of some sort. Dion ain't no fool, man. He is going to surround himself with knowledgeable people, be the motivator, be the guy that gets up, uh, you know, gets, gets on everybody, uh, does all the famous halftime speeches or whatever, and lets everybody else do the coaching. See, that's the way to do it right there. And, I mean, that's genius because Dion De- – all right, so Dion is the hype man. Right. He's going to get like you just said, man, he's going to get up in front of that locker room. He's going to have all 53, 55, 75, however many college football players you get nowadays. He's going to have all those guys motivated. Also, he's going to be able to recruit. I mean, you you look at the great recruiters, Nick Saban, you know, obviously Kirby Smart right now, Brian Kelly. Imagine Dion coming to your house, especially if you're a defensive back. I mean, you got prime time coming into your home to recruit you and he's doing the smart thing. He's surrounding himself with good football minds, with former head coaches, like you said, Mike Zimmer, who the last four years in Minnesota, he was just a crab ass, man. So now he gets to go to the collegiate level, maybe, you know, the college ranks and just be the defensive coordinator, not all the pressure in the world. He's there with Dion, and Dion's smart because he's not going to have it all figured out. Like, look at some of the mistakes these head coaches make, not only in the National Football League, but college football. Clock management, like every head coach should have a clock guy. I've said yes. that about Sean McVay for years. He's a genius, but he never knows how much damn time is left on the clock. So Dion is doing it the smart way. You kind of look at it like in college hoops. Juwan Howard at Michigan, he's going to be able to go and recruit because he was a member of the Fab Five. Even though that was in the 90s, everybody remembers the Fab Five because of the documentaries and whatnot, long shorts, the shaved heads. And then you look at guys that aren't so smart. Penny Hardaway, yeah, he had Larry Brown on the bench. That seemed like a good idea. Penny's probably not a great coach. He could recruit. But then he like started hiring his buddies, Rasheed Wallace. That didn't make a whole lot of sense. But that's the way to do it if you're Dion. And I know a lot of people that actually hope that maybe Mike Zimmer would consider the Green Bay Packers coming over and being the defensive coordinator. I want Jimmy Leonard now, man, but I think he wants a head coaching gig now that he's had a taste hey. of that. And again, we're not talking Packers. We're kind of uh, kind of sidetracked here, but let's stay with what you just said with Jimmy Leonard because there's some news there going on there too. So uh, apparently now, word comes from Jim Leonard himself this time, uh, that he is going to coach in the bowl game and then he's done at Wisconsin. Fine. But then comes news today as we're recording this on Wednesday that Jeff Brom is leaving Purdue as the head coach to go back home to coach Louisville. Okay. And he's going to make like $6 million a year, whatever the case may be. 
I think Jim Leonard or Paul Chris would be a fine hire at Purdue. Academic standards and everything that goes along with it, they just won the West. I mean, to me, it makes all the sense in the world if I'm Jim Leonard. It's not that far. It's still Midwest values, all that stuff being in Indiana. It, it would make sense for him to go there. And the other program in, in, in Indiana is not Michigan. It's not Ohio State. It's Indiana. They're not that good. I mean, Tom Allen's had a year, yes, and they just hired uh, Bostad, the Badgers offensive line coach, uh, a couple days ago, I think. Uh, But other than that, that state can be had. I mean, you can get a football talent in Indiana to come play at Purdue if you know what you're doing, Ron. Yeah, absolutely. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Also, it's just going to – I mean, now that's that's the question with Jim Leonard because he obviously wanted that gig. So now does he want a head coaching gig? Would he, I mean, you know, would he be a coordinator? Would he work with Paul Chris again? That is, that's interesting to see what's going to happen. What's going to end up say at Purdue, man, because yeah, I mean, that's a decent job right there. Also, I can't wait to see what ends up happening. I know that like the, I know the Arizona Cardinals just extended Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler, but I don't think those guys are working together after this year. Cliff would probably sit out for a year. I don't think he's any good, but I've heard some rumors that maybe he wants to go back to the college ranks now, probably not to the Midwest to Purdue, but there's going to be some jobs. I mean, the coastal Carolina job, I know that that's not a great job, but Jamie Chanwell, he's leaving that job. There's going to be some jobs where if Jim Leonard wants to be a head coach, I think he could get a head coaching gig. What about Stanford? Stanford. I mean, Shaw had that program up uh, on the up and up for a while after Harbaugh. The problem there, Sparky, is the same problem at Northwestern. You know, you knew Northwestern was going to have to No, 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 no. Stop. Hold on a second. Now, I know where you're going, I think, but just understand the lay of the land right now. And that's why Deion's at Colorado. USC is out. UCLA is out. That Power 5 conference is up for grabs. Outside of Oregon, okay, that that conference can be had now, even though you're not going to be able to recruit at the level of Alabama and USC at Stanford and all that. I get that. And maybe Dion will be able to get to that level at Colorado, but that still gives you a chance. No, 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 no. I was going academic standards. I know. Like, like Northwestern, it makes it hard yeah. for you to compete. But my yeah. point is, he's not in the Big Ten like Northwestern, where yeah, you've got true. Ohio State, you've got Michigan, oh. now you've got USC to deal with. UCLA, Chip Kelly's got going uh, finally the right way. I mean, that's going to be tough. And th- Now, Luke Fickle at Wisconsin, this is not going to be an easy conference. I think that Pac-12 is going to be much easier going forward if you take that Stanford job. No, I completely agree. And, I mean, we've seen, like, Harbaugh won there. I mean, Shaw won there. Uh, You can win there. But it's just tougher to recruit, especially right now. You know, and that's the problem with Northwestern. I think Pat Fitzgerald is a great coach. I kind of wanted – I mean, I wanted Pat Fitzgerald. Remember, we were talking about Pat Fitzgerald possibly being the head coach of the Green Bay Packers at least get an interview. I think he'd be a good coordinator. I don't know if he could just step in and be a head coach, but I definitely think that, I mean, I, every year I'm like, all right, this is the year where maybe Pat Fitzgerald leaves. Instead, they're just going to rebuild that coaching staff and bring in some new guys, but it's just so hard to recruit right now because of the academic standards. I mean, even hell, look at North, uh, look at Notre Dame, man, uh, my team. I mean, that is a national brand right there. And Brian Kelly, when he left for LSU, Finally, he says, finally, I have the resources to win. But what about this? I saw a report the other day on the NILs and this transfer portal. you got players going. I saw a report players going for up to $5 million a year that, that are being offered to these kids in the transfer portal. Now, you, you could be whoever and you could be a great coach. But if you don't got the finances behind you to spend on these kids in the transfer portal, that's why all these kids are leaving because they're getting numbers thrown at them like, 
dude, if you leave here, I'll give you two million a year to come play here. Oh, no fooling. See you, coach. I'm out. Gotta go. I mean, that, that's what's happening. JT Daniels, when he left yeah. Georgia, he wanted a house at West Virginia. <laughs> and that's JT Daniels, Sparky. Yeah. And he's well, a transfer portal again. What the, what the heck did Caleb Williams get? Yes, correct. What would Drake, what would Drake May get if, if, if anybody called Drake May, hey, leave North Carolina? I mean, if JT Daniels wants a house, yep. Caleb Williams probably has a jet ski. And what did Arch Manning get? What did Arch Manning oh. get? Oh, yeah. Exactly. What is Arch Manning getting at Texas? Because you know that dude is going to get something big time for the last oh, yeah. name Manning, if nothing else. All right, oh, I guess we'll talk Packers. I mean, hell, yes, we're 10 minutes in, haven't said anything other than college football. Oh, okay, so. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Let's talk about this current draft class that we have. The 2022 uh, draft class. Obviously, going to go down uh, here name by name. We'll go from bottom up, from round seven up to round one, and you give me your kind of thoughts on each player as we go. And if I have anything to add, I'll add it. Samori Toure, the last pick uh, of the first round. And I think this kid's probably on this roster next year for certain and maybe further into the future than just that. Yeah, absolutely, man. And that's why I laugh when I see these mock drafts where the Packers, this is finally the year that they take a receiver in the first round. People might laugh when they hear me say this, but I don't want a wide receiver in the first round because I who I've criticized this wide receiver room, but man, these guys have all stepped up. Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, I think is going to be a hell of a player. We'll talk about them obviously here in a little bit, but Samari Torre, when you're looking at a seventh round pick, pick 258, you actually, you have no expectations. You think, okay, here's a guy that might bounce around some practice squads and whatnot, but, uh, We've seen him make plays. He's a guy that Aaron Rodgers likes. So if Rodgers is going to be back and he has another year to work with Rodgers, a full offseason. Also, we got to remember, like, Matt, Matt LaFleur's offense, pretty complicated year one. So, uh, hell, is the Mr. Irrelevant of this year's draft, the 2022 draft for the Packers? Nice little pickup. No doubt, yeah. And coming from Nebraska, too, that, that was real nice. All right, Rashid Walker uh, was a seventh-round pick, the offensive lineman. Uh, and then the other seventh-round pick, uh, Jonathan Ford. And then Tariq Carpenter, uh, the DB, another seventh-round pick. 
So obviously the jury's still out on all of these guys. We haven't seen enough. Rasheed Walker, you know, I watched a lot of him at Penn State, and he was a guy that was kind of a project there. He's actually a local kid. He's from uh, the Maryland area where I'm at. I got uh, actually my old co-host, Quentin. That's his buddy. He would go up and watch those games. You see it. He's kind of got a little bit of dog in him. He's he's out there. He likes yep. to trash talk a little bit. He's a big guy. And with all the injuries that this team has had on the offensive line, who knows, man? I mean, he's a little bit of a project, but he could get stronger. Uh, maybe he ends up being a player. And uh, not, you know, the jury's still out, obviously, about Jonathan Ford and Carpenter. Any help in the secondary is obviously needed. You need depth at the safety position. You also need special teams players. So uh, we'll wait and see on those guys. All right, Kingsling Barre, who got put into a position, I think, quicker than he thought he was going to get him put into once uh, you lose Rashawn Gary to injury. He's had to step up and play. I mean, again, I'm not sitting here being a coach watching the film telling you he's doing everything exactly right, but he's making plays game to game. He's popping on film doing something game to game. Yeah, you know, he's making the most of his opportunities. I mean, is he Rashawn Gary? No, but was Rashawn Gary Rashawn Gary his rookie year? He was barely able to get on the Argue field. He's playing better than Rashawn Gary did his rookie year. Yeah, he's making the most of these opportunities. You know, sometimes he gets caught in a wrong spot. I mean, we see him flying after the quarterback, trying to make plays. Um kind of a wait and see thing but he's making the most of his opportunity right now and you could see why they drafted him you know you could see some speed you could see some flashes I think he's playing all right he hasn't been a liability a problem out there and I'm not I'm not circling him every time I watch the all right. 22 the way I do Dean Lowry getting thrown around yeah. uh so yeah I mean I think he's been a nice little addition but he didn't. He did have a block of a field goal this week. Uh, Zach Tom, fourth round pick. Uh, we've seen him uh, in moments, good and bad. I know in preseason, Packer fans were loving them. Some Zach Tom thinking, you know, he could be a starter right away. Uh, and then he got thrown in, played not the best necessarily uh, when he's been thrown in. Uh, he's had moments, good and bad, I guess, overall. I think he's definitely a guy that's in the rotation going into next year on this offensive line. I don't know if he ends up being a starter necessarily. If Bakhtiari is back, I would assume Bakhtiari and Yash continue to be the starters at tackle. Uh, and then at guards, that's that's the next question as far as who the guards are going to be uh, going forward. Center's taken care of, so I don't know how he fits in but I, I think he's definitely on this roster next year. Yeah, you know what? I actually kind of wanted to talk about this, and I forgot to when we broke down the uh, Bears game because one thing I'll say about Zach Tom, I mean, we're talking about a guy that was a fourth-round pick, pick 140, right? And week one kind of gets thrown into action because John Runyon had a concussion in that game, I believe. So he leaves week one. He gets 30 snaps. I thought he did a fine job, actually, against Minnesota. And what I like about Tom, man, is he never knows when he's going to be able – when he's going to be in there because of, you know, Bakhtiari and Jenkins. Or where he's going to play on the line it's not even yeah it's not even consistent to play because we see him week one for 30 snaps against the vikings then we don't see him for six weeks and he's making his first start for david bakhtiari you know then not go well early no, that was a disaster, but he was Not much better well. in the second half when yes, they made some adjustments. Yep. Then he's starting for Elton Jenkins. And in that game, you know, that week nine loss to Detroit, which I try to forget about that, you know, in that game, he had an 83.3 pass blocking grade. You know, that was his best game of the season. Why, why are you trying to forget about the Lions? We propelled them to what they've done here in the second half. That fan base is talking about a possible playoff berth right now in Detroit, all because the Green Bay Packers lost that game and gave the Lions confidence and hope after they beat
beat 12 and Aaron Rodgers said, hey, we're pretty damn good. Let's go beat some other teams. Well, and they've been rolling ever since. I have a lot of money on the uh, Lions this weekend, actually, against the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings are frauds. The Lions, they just hung 40 on the Jags again. Yeah. That offense right now is humming. Swift's back. St. Brown, I would kill for St. Hey, Brown. Jamison Williams, that's the best wide receiver oh. they probably have. He's been out all year. They got him as the gunner on special teams right now. Oh, Imagine man. that. Uh, but I wanted to shout out Zach Tom, actually, for this last game against uh, Chicago, actually. Yeah. I mean, Green Bay, they rushed for in that game 175 yards, I believe, on 32 carries, five five yards per carry. They do that every game. This would be a playoff team. That was their highest total on the ground since they went for 207 against Dallas. And he had a pretty good game, actually. You know, pretty respectable respectable grade from Pro Football Focus. So I wanted to shout out Zach Tom, actually, because he stepped in. He's played out of position. I think he's done a pretty damn good job for a fourth-round pick his rookie year. I'd like to know what position. When he came out, I thought he was going to be a guard. And then you get to camp and you realize he's playing some tackle too. You're like, okay, maybe they seem now. Th- I always go back to this. I've always stated, and I've never talked to Mark Tauscher to get his thoughts on this, but I've always stated to Gary and Leroy for years. I thought Mark Tauscher could have really been an all pro guard versus a pro bowl type tackle. I, I think that really was a difference. I think if they would have played him at guard his whole career, he would have dominated. It would have been unbelievable. He was still really good at tackle, but I think he could have been unbelievable at guard. So sometimes you just got to be right. Just like Leroy, like Leroy probably would have been fine at cornerback, but he was a hall of fame safety, right? Leroy he, played linebacker. I mean, he was playing in the box. Leroy yeah. kind of changed the way that the safety position was played. I mean, guys like, and he was a much better player than Lynch. We all know this. It was a damn Don't shame. Don't bring up Lynch John Lynch. About that. But, but I also enjoyed, like, I just enjoyed watching those guys. Leroy's my favorite safety in NFL history. There's only one guy I would compare to Leroy, and he was a Baltimore Raven for years, and that would be Mr. Ed Reed. Right. But, but Ed Reed probably. Leroy Butler. That's what I've always said. Yeah. No, but that, but there's that, that, those guys, Palomalu's, Reeds, those guys aren't oh, doing wow. what they're doing if Butler doesn't pave the way with playing up in the box and blitzing and, and playing the run and doing all that stuff. That, that safety position changed because of Leroy, without that, question. Exactly. Uh, okay. Moving on. Romeo Dobbs, uh, the other fourth round pick with Zach Tom, had a great preseason, obviously, started off pretty good and kind of fell off a little bit and then got hurt. And, uh, they thought maybe he would come back uh, this last weekend. That didn't happen. So now I think everybody expects him to return after uh, the bye week against the Rams. And this is going to be fun because now when he left, Christian Watson was not Christian Watson. Right. When he's back, now you got a true downfield threat with him. So now how does playing time roll here? Like what are snap counts going to be for Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard now that he is back? Because you better not decrease Watson snap counts. Like, that better not be touched. These Those other two dudes, though, to get Dobbs on the field, I think that's the other thing. I, I'm getting myself sidetracked here. But we talk about Rodgers and Jordan Love, right? And once they're mathematically eliminated, then Rodgers hopefully will step aside and Jordan Love starts. I'll tell you something else that should happen. If and when that happens, Randall Cobb, you're done. Sit down. You're done. I'm, really I'm, not, I'm, I'm done with you. We're not playing you. I'm playing Toure. I'm playing Dobbs. I'm playing Watson. I'm playing my young receivers with my young quarterback, getting them all on the same page, and we'll let Alan Lazard play. And we're going to play down the stretch. And, and Randall, I'm sorry you can be an assistant coach for the rest of the year, but I, I'm not going to play you a lot either the rest of the year because you're not part of this for the next five years. Let's be honest. And I love Randall Cobb, man. For some reason, my mother just ordered me a Randall Cobb sweatshirt. Nice. I don't know why. 
I didn't yeah. know they made Randall Cobb sweatshirts. So oh, good. Yeah. He's, he's on my Christmas tree. I got I got Randall Cobb. I got Jordy, Jordy Nelson. I got James Jones. I got all the former wide receivers on my Christmas tree. What? Uh, yeah, my mother-in-law, and uh, they buy me ornaments every year. For yeah, Christmas. yeah, yeah. We do that for the kids every year, too, yeah. Yeah, so I have enough Aaron Rodgers crap, so now we've moved on. I got other guys. I got a Zedaria Smith, if you wanted. I was thinking, I don't, I, I'm not a big burn the jersey, break stuff kind of guy, but he's a Viking, and and uh, I don't like the way that he treated my quarterback. You just one. take it off your tree, put it back up in five years. Yeah, yeah. But, hey, on Romeo Dobbs, the only thing about Romeo Dobbs, and I'm with you on Cobb, man, and, and also what I was going to say really quick, not to get sidetracked, track they don't know randall cobb anything either we did the goodbye with randall cobb where rogers remember a couple years ago where rogers and him cried it out they hugged each other goodbye cobb yep. have fun in houston have fun in dallas now cobb's back which is fine it's a good story i like cobb while we're uh mathematically still alive i like him on third downs you know rogers needs that guy where if we're in those known passing downs, third and five, third and six, he knows where he's going to be and he could rely on him. But I'm with you. I want more Dobbs. The only thing with Dobbs, he has everything that you could want as far as skill set. Uh, you know, his problem is up here mental. And it's because of the way that Rogers treated him the first couple of weeks. Rogers owes him an apology. Uh, everybody does because you could see it. His confidence was just breaking. That's a guy, keep his spirits up, man, because he's going to be a hell of a player. Yeah, he is. Like you said, man, we haven't seen him with this version of Christian Watson. I'm so excited for Romeo Dobbs. Big fan. By the way, I'm going to take this moment to plug my other podcast, Green and Growing, with uh, Nathan Marzian. We do a – it's uh, you can download it today uh, on you know, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, Apple, all that stuff. And we do a whole happy birthday Giannis podcast, right? So every topic – is concerning Giannis on the entire podcast. That's like 35 or 40 minutes long. But we dive off into different parts of Giannis's career, like the impact of Jason Kidd on Giannis, the impact of Jabari Parker on Giannis, and how if Jabari Parker doesn't get hurt, where does Giannis's career actually go? Because when Jabari was drafted, he was going to be the number one scorer and Giannis was going to be the sidekick and it was going to be Jabari's team. Jabari blows out his knee and then gets hurt again after that. And Giannis then has to carry the team and be that one. Like how much different is Giannis's career if Jabari never gets hurt? And that's why I tie this back into here because with Dobbs going down, Watson kind of got forced into, okay, we got nobody else. We got Lazard, and there ain't nobody else here. You're going to have to do something. If you drop the ball, I'm throwing it back to you because we don't have anybody else to take you out and put somebody in for. So this is how it's going to have to be. And that gave him, I think, the confidence to kind of take it to the next level at that point. And to what you said about Romeo Dobbs, I don't feel like, at least from what we saw on camera, that Rodgers really treated Watson the same way. I mean, if you go back to Rodgers uh, on McAfee's show, Rodgers said Watson was dropping balls all year long in practice. And then the one game where he makes a one big catch, from that moment on, he didn't drop a ball. He hasn't dropped the ball in practice and has been absolutely rolling. But all year in practice, he had been dropping balls and lacking confidence. And he makes a big play or two for Rodgers, and all of a sudden his confidence is through the roof. So going back to what you said about Dobbs, Rodgers does need to pat him on the butt yeah. and, and, and keep his spirits up. I, I think the mental part is absolutely huge. What did you think about the Giannis Jabari thing, though? Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, 
you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I really, uh, I man, that's actually like a really good topic because you think about it. Giannis, I mean, kid was a disaster. Kid's a disaster again this year in Dallas. He's already making excuses. But uh, the one thing, like, because that team obviously wasn't a title contender at the time, you got to experiment a little bit with Giannis. I mean, we ripped the point guard experiment with Giannis running the offense, but I think that was a good thing for Giannis. I mean, Giannis plays with the ball in his hands nonstop, even with the addition of Drew Holiday, even when Bledsoe was running the offense as the point guard. So I think that was good for his career. It's interesting. I, uh, but that's just a damn shame, especially me being a Chicago kid. I used to go watch Jabari when he was in high school with my grandfather. I'd go watch Jabari back in the day. I'd go watch Derrick Rose, Eric Gordon, man. Yep. Jabari was just special. He was my favorite player to watch in high school other than Derrick Rose. But, I mean, he could do it all. He was big. He was tall. He was strong. The problem with Jabari was effort. He just did not want to play any defense. Even I if he tell did. you. Even if he does stay healthy. Oh, yeah, he even said that when in Chicago care. paid him all that money. He's yep. like, yeah, I'm not coming here to defend. But – Man, I wonder how that does end up working out, though, because, yeah, I mean, then Giannis probably isn't running the point. I mean, the usage obviously goes down because Jabari would have been a 20-8 and eight guy. I don't know. And Middleton? Middleton at some point would have got his points. Like, I, I just don't think Giannis would have got the touches. I don't. Because if Middleton yes, continues Middleton to do an experiment, too, he was a G League player. That they got, it would have been know, Middleton, Parker, and Giannis would have been your three scores. I mean, and Giannis would have been third in that in that marching order if it would have been Parker and Middleton getting their own shots on the outside. Giannis never gets the ball in his hands to be able to experiment. The only reason he put the ball in Giannis's hands to begin with was because, like you said, Jabari got hurt. Season was over. Fine, let's see what you got, kid. Let's let's see how we how we can make this work and see how freaky we can make you. And it completely changed his his game and the whole thing. Again, we're sidetracking this whole podcast. But the other thing about this kid thing that you brought up, besides that. Everybody screamed and yelled, oh, my God, he wouldn't let Giannis shoot threes. Oh, my God. Listen here, folks. If you don't listen to the Green and Growing Podcast, I'll educate you on this one. This is the deal. Kid realized he was never going to dominate on the outside as a perimeter shooter. Kid realized that if he was going to be special in this league, he had to dominate around the rim from 15 feet in. That's how he was going to – Screw working on that part of the game. Let's get you to this part, dominating this part, and then we'll work on the rest of it later. That did not make Kid horrible. That just made sense if you think about it. Two things, because I don't get to talk Bucks basketball right. anymore. <laughs> One thing, I never wanted Giannis to develop that effing three-point shot. I hated when people would call in with that. What I wanted him to develop was one or two more post moves around the basket. I wanted him to be a keem, not a three-point shooter. Right. And I'm glad that he's I'm glad that the three-point shot and the free throw shooting has gotten better, but I just wanted him to be better around the rim. And then the other thing, really quickly, is I never really think, I mean, the Jabari thing, it's a damn shame. What happened with Derrick Rose is a damn shame. What happened years ago with Tracy McGrady, Grant Hill. I never really think about like the what ifs there. I think more what if the Bucks and I didn't want him out of Kansas because I just figured he was the next uh, Greg Oden. He would never be healthy. But what if they go with Joel Embiid and Embiid and Giannis are playing together? That draft 
uh, I was sicker than a dog. Like I was in the hospital. I still showed up to do to do up to that pick, that Jabari Parker pick. But I remember um, doing that show and saying, "Guys, I don't know if Jabari and Giannis are on the floor at the same time. How do they play together?" Like. You know, realistically, Embiid probably makes more sense here if they're going to do it. The problem is, you know, he's hurt, blah, 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 whatever else. Uh, and then they make the Jabari Parker pick. Everybody's happy. Okay, fine. Sounds good. And and we move on and, and uh, Embiid falls. I don't know how that would have changed because Giannis definitely is not a perimeter player. So you would have had both those guys inside. Embiid can go outside, shoot the three a little bit, but yeah. nobody would have scored on him. Nobody would have scored. I mean, I mean, those are like two of the best rim protectors in yeah. the NBA. I mean, Minnesota's trying something similar right now with Carlin. Yeah, but Gobert is just terrible for spacing. I mean, we can't compare Gobert with those <laughs> no, guys. All right, we've been sidetracked. Right, yeah. I just, I, I, that's my like a new, a new era, like Twin Towers. And I know Embiid has his haters. Like I see Freem's always on social media. I, I'm so glad they didn't draft him. He's right. fat and lazy. I'm like, you guys are nuts. All right. Because at the end of the day, he's giving you 30 points, yeah. 13 boards. He's never the reason why Philadelphia busts in the playoffs. It's because they rely on guys like James Harden or Ben Simmons catches right. the end. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Right. Not, not Joel Embiid, I promise you. All, All right, right. Back, back to the 2022 draft again. Yeah. <laughs> God, yeah. this podcast is amazing. Uh, okay, <laughs> next up at Romeo Dobbs, Sean Ryan, another offensive lineman. I got nothing. Uh, Speaking got of that, nothing. Dummy, I, I mean, he's just, he's just, here's my problem, man. I want – we always I, I hate like people that don't understand football. I saw somebody with this really bad take. Like if you're an offensive lineman, you don't have to think. You just go out there what? and push people around. I don't no. want to name names because they may be with the company. But, but listen here, okay. All, all you have to do is is look at it from this perspective. If you look at there, I don't believe they're doing them anymore. But if you went back and looked at Wonderlic test scores, do you know where the smartest players on the team are on the offensive line? You fools, smarter Dude. than the quarterbacks, smarter than any other position. The smartest dudes on the field, pretty much everyone is on the offensive line, nine out of every 10. Easy. Yeah, I want you to clip this for the social media page, actually. <laughs> offensive linemen, those are the smartest guys on the field, man. I mean, I just I, – and here's my problem, you know, with Sean is that now he's suspended for, what, four or six games for PED. So you got to be a little bit smarter in the year 2000. He wasn't on the field in front of Zach Tom anyhow. What did, it didn't really matter. Exactly. I mean, most people said so, – I'm telling I guarantee you, there are some Packer fans saw that dude get suspended and be like, I don't know who that is, whatever, and just yeah. moved on with their day. Didn't realize he was a draft pick this year. Didn't realize how high of a draft pick he was this year. Didn't – nobody flinched. What is wrong with Gudikins in the third round, right? I'm not here to rip Brian. Oh, we did this that, before. That's but like the third round is just that's his Achilles heel right there, man. Uh, yeah. So obviously, big question mark here. But when you got a guy suspended his rookie year for PEDs, obviously not good stuff. No, obviously not. And again, <laughs> trade that third round pick with your first round pick and move up in the draft and go get somebody better if you if you want to do that. Have at it. Or trade your third round pick for a second the following year if somebody's stupid enough to do something like that. Wasn't it the third round pick that they wouldn't give up years ago for Tony Gonzalez? Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was a third, but that wasn't Goody though. In, in fairness, to well, him. No, no, that was, no, no, no. That was, was long before Goody. Yeah, yeah. Daddy, though. I mean, he, right. I mean, he does everything that. And I'm a big Ted guy. R.I.P. But yeah, yeah. Christian Watson, second round pick. Obviously, we don't need to talk about this. He appears to be a stud. Now the 
Two first-round picks. Quay Walker, we don't need to talk about. We've talked about him all year. But the other first-round pick, people were all over in the first half of the year like, dude, where is this guy? He's a first-round pick. He's never on the field. And when he is on the field, is he really doing a whole bunch? But you, if you go back and you look, Devontae White has had moments. Even though you don't pay attention and see him on TV, if you go look at the All-22, Wyatt has had moments this year where he's looked pretty good. Yeah, uh, I thought kind of last week actually was was his coming out party where we heard his name a lot during the broadcast. But if you watch, he's been doing his job. I actually like Wyatt. Um, you knew he was kind of going to be a little bit of an experiment. You know, we found that out in training camp, and I love that pick. I actually like that better than Quay on draft night, and I loved Quay. But we always we kind of knew Quay was going to be an experiment too, just because he's not really a thinker out there. That was the knock on him out of Georgia. He's just. Kind of like Patrick Queen, right? Like, there's a reason why the Ravens had to go out and get Roquan Smith. Roquan's eventually going to have the green dot. He's going to get the guys lined up. He's got the smarts. I mean, he could do it all. And then he got Queen, could get after the quarterback. He could, you know, make plays. But uh, that's what we've seen with Quay. But I was really excited for Wyatt. And then I didn't know where the hell he was the first month of the season. But Watching Dean Lowry play. I mean, man, Kenny Clark needs some help. We, we've been asking where the hell is Kenny Clark been. And then he finally had his coming out party this season. Wait, 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 wait. Who did Kenny Clark have last year that helped him so much on the defensive line? Nobody. He didn't have anybody different, did he? No, I mean, no, I was going to say, I mean, Zadarius played 20 snaps on the outside. No. Preston. No, and he I'm was getting it done last year. Our guy, Dean Lowry, Kingsley Kiki. Yeah, I mean, no, no, no. I mean, so again, but he was getting it done last year. That's why this whole he needs more help. I don't know, man. He was getting it done before. He didn't have any great player next to him prior to this where he wasn't getting it done. Or he's hurt. Maybe he's hurt. I think he got, let's be honest, man. I I think he got a little lazy. I think he got the money and got a little bit lazy. I I think you could say this. I think you could say, I mean, look at the guys that have regressed. Or he's or they're rebelling against Joe Barry because Jair, even though he came up with the big pick and saved his day, a lot of these guys that got paid regressed. In my opinion. I don't I don't like going that route. I, I, I don't mind going the route of baseball happens all the time. Basketball it's happened. It happened for the Bucks numerous times. Um, where guys have a career year going into free agency, right? And then after their career year, they regress back to what they were the rest of their career. Like yeah. that, that I see, oh, okay, fine. I don't like using the term lazy unless we can for sure state, okay, he's 20 pounds overweight. You know, he he got big and he got big and happy uh, after right. he signed his big deal. Or you see on tape him just dancing with a lineman and not showing any effort to get in the backfield. Okay, if there's evidence. I don't have any myself that I can say, yeah, he's gotten lazy. Like he didn't put in the work this off season or he doesn't look like he's playing hard out in the field. I don't have it myself. If you've seen it, then you obviously can say it. I haven't. I don't really see laziness, but you know what I see is him. There's weeks where he gets the crap kicked out of him. For My sure. guys should not be kicking the crap out of him. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, said, side of the ball, like Elton Jenkins, like who is first, what, two years? And I know he's coming back from an ACL injury. He didn't allow a sack. He barely allowed a pressure. There's been some weeks he has just been ragdolled out there. And that's yep. that's been Kenny Clark this year. So I guess lazy, maybe not the adjective I wanted to use, but he, okay, I think maybe he got paid and he got comfy. Is that yeah, fair? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, okay. okay, 2021 draft class. I wanted to go through the last three years draft class, but that's not going to happen because we've been sidetracked 100 I'll times. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be quicker. All right. No, that's okay. 2021, last year's draft class, real quick. Cole Van Lannon, uh, a sixth round pick. Yeah. 
What does that do for you? Anything? Oh, absolutely nothing. I forgot he was on this planet, to be honest with you. Oh, that's not very nice. Uh, okay. Uh, Shamar Jean Charles, the cornerback, fifth round pick. No. Uh, to Daryl Slayton. I like Slayton. He's had moments this year because again, what what is what is Slayton? He's a big fat guy that's supposed to take up blocks and occasionally get to the quarterback. And for years, I said they need more big fat guys to take pressure off of those guys in the middle. You're not going to find you know all pro type guys where they're drafting Slayton there in the fifth round like that. Okay, that's not going to happen. But you want him to have some type of an impact on the game. I think he has had impacts throughout the season, right? I just feel like there's something missing. There's something that's just not there because physically, like he said, I was so jacked and I was like the fifth round and I actually kind of liked him at Florida. You know, you just as a run stuffer, just somebody that could give some help to Kenny Clark so he's not eating double teams on 80% of the snaps. Uh, jury's still out though. I just, I really want to see him extra motivated, come into a season in shape and just like ready to go. And I just haven't really seen that. But also, you know, haven't seen a whole lot of them. But yeah, I mean... I, I really liked the pick, but I just it hasn't really paid off yet. Fourth round pick. This is year two, but he's been horrible this year. Royce, I, I don't really want to hear his name. I know Royce. Newman. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I have seen enough Royce Newman for the next twenty years. There's just certain guys. Remember, I mean, obviously, you remember Brad Jones. We're like oh, Brad yeah. Jones just was allergic to making a play or a tackle. And his name, just I hear Brad Jones and it still pisses me off. <laughs> We're getting there with Royce Newman, man. I, he almost got Rodgers killed a couple times. He did, yes. Everybody, Rodgers sucks. Rodgers is washed. It's been a really rough year for our boy. It Royce has. Newman should never be on a football field. I don't know that he should be in that USFL league. Blocking for Zach Mettenberger. Hey, XFL though. He's got XFL hopes. I don't um, think so. Third round, Amari Rodgers. Good luck with the Texans. I don't Good even know. He's, I don't know how much he's played with the Texans. I haven't watched the Texans since that move happened. I know they're going back to Davis Mills now at quarterback, but other than that, I have no idea. Uh, so that one obviously was a bust. Uh, and again, we're talking about bust in the second year, guys. Right. We're talking about guys. We've already determined people are a bust in year two. They've already moved on from their third round pick in a year and a half. Here's like, my problem. Oh my god, that's horrible. So the film was available for Clemson, right? The Clemson film, the Clemson yeah. State for the last three years was there. And a couple of years ago, and this isn't a Jordan Love knock, T. Higgins might be the might be a top five receiver in the league right now. Everybody talks yeah. about Jamar Chase. T. Higgins is the best receiver on that team. Jamar's great. He's a great slot guy. Oh, he plays on the outside. I shouldn't say that. But, I mean, you had T. Higgins, man. Yep. T. Higgins, uh, that, that one kills. And instead, you watch tape of Clemson. And you go with Amari Rodgers. Well, you had MBS. You had MBS. You thought MBS was your long-term guy. <laughs> wow. A second round pick, Josh Myers. I think he's been serviceable, et cetera. I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't evaluate centers for a living, so I, I couldn't tell you how good he is one way or the other. But I, I don't know that I'm yelling at Josh Myers many times during a Packer game, going, "You idiot!" Like no, I, I don't find myself though. doing that. Rodgers and him have had some moments, man. They have. I know, I know they say Rodgers is tough on his centers, 
Do you? I never. Corey Lindsley though just picked it up right away, and that yep. and that's the problem. You knew they weren't going to be able to pay Corey. I remember I was doing the big show with you guys one day. We had Bakhtiari on. I'm like, what do we got to do to get Corey Lindsley paid? And he's like, I will pound on this table. And I know he's had some injuries with the Chargers, but he just and he was a smart guy out of Ohio State. But he picked things up right away. Myers and Rogers had a. It took them a while to get on the same page. Rogers would mf him, and it would get picked up always. The audio, which is always the best. Yep. Rogers is him just cussing out his guys. Yeah, I mean, Josh Myers is fine. He's a fine player, but he's no Corey Lindsley. And well, again, we have time, but he's definitely not a bust. Uh, a first-round pick, Eric Stokes. Here we sit. Who knows? Because last year I loved Stokes. This year he got hurt, and he was not very good. Right. So he's got the talent and the physical traits to be really good. It's just a matter of whether or not he can put it all together. And who knows? You know, we keep saying, well, maybe they're not playing hard for Joe Barry or whatever the case may be. Maybe with a different defensive coordinator and a different coaching staff, they unlock something with Stokes and he turns out to be the next, well, the other version of Jair Alexander prior to this year. Maybe he turns out to be a really good cornerback in this league. I give this draft, this year's draft, a B plus. I think that Goot kind of hit a home run this year. I give that draft last year an F. I think you got to give it. I mean, how do you? How, maybe a D minus because of what though? Well, it depends. If Stokes and Myers are starters, you can't give it an F. You get two stars out of a draft. I think that's the goal for most drafts, right? To get two stars probably out of every draft. I think you would be happy if you're a general manager. I mean, how no? There are there are no draft class. There's no GM in this league that are pulling four starters out of every draft class. Like that, that there's no Jets. chance that's happening. The Jets. Force. I mean, look who they're picking, though. Yeah, well, yeah, but still, force. I mean, Sauce uh, Gardner, uh, Brees Hall. Uh, who else did they take? The defensive lineman that they got uh, out of Florida State. Johnson. Right, but I'm saying year to year. Yeah, you Garrett have, Wilson. You can have a stop. You can have, you know, a year where you're really good. But to to maintain that consistency year to year to year, I mean that 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 is a uh that's a difficult one. Ryan Horvath, thank you so much. This was fun. We talked college football. We talked about Bucks basketball. <laughs> we talked about two Packers draft classes. Man, I dare you to find another podcast talking about all this stuff that we talked about today. Uh, and, of course, don't forget, download it everywhere podcasts are available. Ryan Horvath, uh, we will talk to again on Friday. Perfect.